Next, this month's special series, Focus on Cancer. Throughout the month of April, ReachMD talks to experts in the field about new research channels and treatment options in cancer care. We've known anecdotally that simply waiting for the results of a tumor biopsy can be as stressful as coping with an unfavorable diagnosis itself. There is even some evidence to suggest that this stressful waiting period may subsequently impact the treatment of those patients who are found to have cancer. How do we explain this hypothesis? And further, how can we ease the anxiety of those patients awaiting cancer test results? And can we shorten the time patients must wait for their diagnosis? You're listening to ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment, Focus on Cancer. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Shu, practicing general pediatrician and author. Our guest is Dr. Elvira Lang, an interventional radiologist at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston and an associate professor of radiology at Harvard Medical School. Welcome, Dr. Lang. Hello. Can you tell us what made you think about studying cortisol levels post-breast tumor biopsy? Well, we had looked a lot at stress of people during biopsies, but now we also wanted to see how they fare afterwards. And just being in the business, you see how distressed these women and their relatives are. But often it has been put off as, oh, it's just their nerves. And we really wanted to show that there's more to it. And what measures did you compare in the patients that you studied? We measured salivary cortisols, where women were chewing on little cotton swabs four times a day. And then we measured how the cortisol that's normally high in the morning would be coursing throughout the day when it usually should get lower towards the evening. And what did you find? You studied women with a benign diagnosis, women who are waiting for their results, and women with a known negative or unfavorable diagnosis. Is that correct? Well, we could, at the beginning, obviously not know what the women would have after the biopsy. So we followed them up for five days. And on day number five, we had... 16 women with a diagnosis of cancer, and we had 37 women with a diagnosis of benign disease, and 73 who didn't know yet. And that's what helped us to separate these patients in three groups, and we compared their cortisol rhythm according to their knowledge of diagnosis or lack thereof. What were the findings of the cortisol levels of the benign group versus the waiting group versus the breast cancer group? We were very surprised how abnormal the cortisol profiles were of the women who did not know yet what the diagnosis was. That was significantly different from the ones who had heard they had benign disease, and it was indistinguishable from the ones who had just been told they have a cancer. When you say you're surprised, though, we know intuitively that the waiting period can be stressful. So having the biochemical response, was that what was surprising for you? It wasn't surprising to us that it would show itself, but that it would be that pronounced, that was a surprise. But then thinking about it, even when you hear that you have cancer, you can start to do something about it. You can start to plan. You are going to have the next steps. But it's really the uncertainty that is so unsettling. And, I mean, we live in uncertain times, yeah. And I think it was a real confirmation that 
something should be done to help these women throughout this period. So what was the waiting period between the time of the biopsy and the time they got the diagnosis of whether or not they had breast cancer? Well, on the average, it took about two and a half days for women to find out what they have. But then once a diagnosis is made by the pathologist, there is still this route of communication. And we pretty much had to wait until five days, which was as long as our follow-up period was designed to be, when we had enough patients in each group to make a meaningful statistical comparison. So this was a maybe 2.5 to 5-day wait. Did you know anything about the time between the mammogram and the breast biopsy as well? That we did not know. But I think that also highlights the issue that if you want to look at stress levels of these women, it's extremely difficult to get a baseline because they already come to their biopsy with heightened levels of anxiety and distress. And I think that makes this kind of research very difficult. You also can't really randomize or wait long enough or have the women even wait longer just to get a cleaner statistics, particularly with having the current results that would be, I don't believe, the ethical thing to do. Now, when I, you know, read about these biopsies and the process that it takes a pathologist to look at and interpret these studies, do you think it's reasonable for a 2.5 to 5-day wait before a patient gets the diagnosis? Maybe the expectation that it would be more immediate is unreasonable. I don't think it's unreasonable at all. This is part of why we did the study and published it. You know, you have a problem which is so obvious yeah, when you see the women, what they and their families go through. And you have 1.2 million of women who get this every year. But then, unless you give the biochemical evidence, it's just being put off. But then once the public knows and an economic incentive is created, that's when the healthcare system is going to change. And women can vote with their feet. They can go to places that can process the samples well and speedily, and that have set up a way of how they can communicate better with the women. Because this is also about communication. And there's always a middleman in between. The pathologist is not the one that calls the women. And typically, it's also not the person who does the biopsy, but it is the primary care physician, or let's say the physician who referred that patient in the first place, because one wants to have a personal connection with the individual who conveys the results. But it is important for women to set up how does that communication turn out. Let's say the patient has a biopsy on a Monday, and let's say the result becomes available from the pathologist on Friday. Is the primary care physician going to find out about it? Is he or she going to be able to reach that woman Friday afternoon? As a patient, have you told your physician, you can leave a message on my answering machine? Because for privacy reasons, there are certain things you cannot leave on an answering machine or on a phone or on an email unless you have permission of the patient and protect patient's privacy. So it's really about communication. 
to a large extent, but also about making a faster diagnosis. And that's not unreasonable. If you've just joined us, you're listening to a special segment, Focus on Cancer, from ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Hsu. Our guest is Dr. Elvira Lang, interventional radiologist and associate professor of radiology at Harvard Medical School. We're discussing the stressful wait for cancer test results. You had mentioned something about getting the test results a little bit faster from the pathologist. One criticism I've heard is that accuracy should be much more important than speed. And if it's not possible to get an accurate diagnosis quickly, we shouldn't rush it. How fast do you think it can be? Well, I think it will take a few days, possibly. And accuracy is very important. But, for example, if I'm a radiologist, yeah, (laughs) when we read films, the expectation is that they're being read right away. So if somebody has an x-ray on a Friday, it will be read on Saturday, latest or ideally the same day. And I think pathology departments may not view that reading these biopsies is an urgent situation that, for example, should be processed more efficiently. There are ways to change this. And that's why I say, once this knowledge is out and women will inquire more about it, I'm pretty sure that healthcare practices will come up with ways of how to do this more efficiently. And some are. I mean, some places provide diagnoses very well and relatively fast. Five days is just relatively long. That was 73 of 126 patients. That's 58%. That's quite a bit. As a radiologist, how have you changed your practice to try to minimize some of the anxiety that patients feel when waiting for results? Well, I have for many years researched how to improve the experience of women during biopsies and during medical procedures. And we have done that with a very short hypnosis reading while the patient is on the procedure table. And we published several large prospective randomized studies with over 700 patients by now to show that you can decrease pain, anxiety, and complications. And what we also realized that communication is very important. And what I have done, and also for the sake of disclosure, founded a small company, Hypnalgesics, that's dedicated to training teams in communication and procedure hypnosis. So you can approach the problem from two ends. You can deliver the results faster, or you can give women something of how they can help themselves through the procedure and also through the phase afterwards. And as a third option, you can make sure that the healthcare providers involved in that are sufficiently trained that they can help women to ease distress should they feel the need to give a call while they're waiting at home. Now, back on the topic of corticosteroids, we often use corticosteroids while treating cancer. Does the body's natural cortisol response affect the outcome of the cancer at all? Well, the cortisol secretion 
follows a rhythm which permits your body basically to function like a fine Swiss clockwork with high levels in the morning, lower in the evening. When disturbances come up or you have a disturbed rhythm, you are just not as well able to respond to stresses that occur during the day. You may have too much or too little and that adversely will affect the ability to provide an appropriate immune response to have good wound healing. And it also affects blood pressure, blood sugar, and the whole endocrine system. So it's really an issue of just having the right responses. And what we found out in the study, too, the women sent in their diaries. Women have very rich and complex lives. Whether they have a job or not, there are a lot of stressors happening at home because it's typically still the women who have to cook the dinner for the guests or the in-laws, take care of the children, be there when the plumber comes. And that all happens while there may be a diagnosis of malignancy there. So it's really the ability to respond to the stresses of everyday life and still have, so to say, enough energy left to deal with cancer. Have you found that men voice the same concerns about stress when they're waiting for cancer test results? There was a study done about men having had prostate biopsies, and they had very similar findings in that the most abnormal cortisol levels were found after two weeks before the men were told what they had. And these authors also found that the abnormal values that the patients not knowing what they have were indistinguishable from the ones who had learned that they have cancer. And I guess that confirms again that uncertainty is just a universally stressful status for the mind and the body. Are there certain people who just aren't as bothered by uncertainty as others, though? Yeah, I mean, there are people who cope better and people who don't cope as well, just with everything in life. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Elvira Lang. We've been discussing the stressful wait for cancer test results. I'm Dr. Jennifer Shu. You've been listening to a special segment, Focus on Cancer, from ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, and thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Cancer. For a program guide, complete list of shows, and podcasts, please visit us at ReachMD.com.